Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whale, and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And this is episode 38 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the Jan Bullis edition. And uh, I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the Jan Bullis to my Nikita Sherback, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? I'm doing well. And uh, Jan Bullis, yeah, I like that. I, I was... <laughs> And uh, given that we're on uh, Sherbak, the uh, uh, the Russian names. How about Vladimir Malakov? That was one that yeah. uh, that was a name that that <laughs> the folks at RDS could never quite pronounce. It was always kind of humorous. But it's uh, yeah. great Grand uh, Prix weekend in Montreal. Always an exciting time. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, lots of the Canadians back in town uh, for Grand Prix weekend, and uh, we're all set for a pretty fabulous podcast today i i agree with you i think that we've got a whole lot to talk about a lot to unpack here over the next hour uh some of those things uh we're going to meet off with the stanley cup final and then we've we've got some news about you know potential free agents maybe being interested in coming to play for the montreal Canadiens. maybe not it's early at this point but we're going to discuss it nonetheless and then we've got a a great question of the week that surrounds that very topic should the Habs go all in to sign a top UFA like Carlson or Duchesne this summer if yes who if no why not and we've gotten some responses already and uh, we're looking forward to seeing more come in as we go so Rick with all that said uh, before we go any further would you like to let the people know where they can reach us well, just a reminder that this is a live podcast. So uh, you want to answer our question of the week, uh, you can call into the studio. Um, and the number here is 213-943-3754, 213-943-3754. Now, you might, like many of our listeners, be listening on demand. Uh, you can uh, download the, the podcast uh, at your leisure uh, through any of the the uh, uh, podcast apps, and we'll uh, tell you a little bit more about that later. Uh, but if you want to reach us on our text line, our Rocket Sports text line, it's five eight five three Rocket. That's five eight five three Rocket. Yeah, and you can uh, reach us on social media. Follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and uh, visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, with all that out of the way. Um, shall we dive in headfirst and discuss a little bit of a controversy that has come out of the Stanley Cup final that, uh, that came in, uh, in game five, and it sort of stole the spotlight from, uh, from a game where, where Jordan Bennington was phenomenal with 38 saves, and, a, and, a, and the Blues head back to San, St. Louis with a 3-2 lead in the series. 
but that isn't what most people are talking about. Uh, what what most people are talking about now is uh, is Tyler Bozak's uh, missed call, whether you'd call it tripping or interference, that led to a David Perron goal, and uh, and that really got uh, that drew the ire of Bruins fans, and it's it's really had the uh, it's been the big story heading into Game Six. And uh, Bruce Cassidy kind of changed his tune, didn't he? Uh, he he's been <laughs> praising the officials as, uh, you know, they're the best, the best on ice. They're the ones who've earned the right to, to be in the final. Um, but after game five, he was using words like egregious and uh, a blatant miscall. And it's a black eye on the, on the Stanley cup finals. He blamed the refs for, for their loss. he, he described it. Uh, you said interference, or he described it as a as a slew foot. Um, yeah. And um, I don't know. I the way I saw it, and you know, my my Canadian's bias is is <laughs> full in force. Uh, but but listen, if you watch the replay, just watch it, and you'll see Bozak tied up with Carlo, and they they kind of both run into uh, Achari, and and um, I, I, for me, the embarrassing part was the embellishment. Um, Achari, he kicks out his, yes, his, his, his legs start to be taken out from under him, but he does a kick. Um, it looks like he's trying to do a backflip. He kicks out his right leg over his head, uh, going for the backflip, and he knocks the back of his head on the ice. It, yeah. I, it you know, there, there was two ways to call that in my opinion two ways to call that either you leave it alone as the officials did or you call two penalties you call yeah whatever you want to call it for whatever you want to call bozak for and then um try for um for embellishment um but my goodness i i'm the bruins get and and this isn't just the series. I've said it before. The Bruins, because of the Jeremy Jacobs and tied at the hip to Gary Bettman, they get every call, every call going in their favor. And just because this one didn't, now they're they're um, <laughs> oh gee, it just they, this is the reason that that um, you know they're 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 going to lose the series. And and what we were talking before we got a bit of a head start on this before the podcast started. And what I, what bothers me most is, is the Bruins and it's their leadership mostly, whether it's Bergeron or, or Marshawn or Chara before the jaw thing, after every play they're, they're jawing about something. They're whining about something with the refs. And um, that's what, what's um, getting, I, in this, in the, let's stick to this situation. Okay, I won't get on a soapbox here. I just think they tried. Atari did tried to make the the ref look bad, and and they got caught. And you know, yeah. this 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 kind of nicely covers up the fact that the Bruins top line didn't show up in Game Five. End of story. They they yeah. you know, um, and I'll I'll just finish by saying. Uh, anytime my night ends with Cam Neely pitching a water bottle across oh. the press box, uh, that's that's a good night for me. You know, I can't yeah, stand Cam Cam Neely, so that was I, I enjoyed that, enjoyed that thoroughly. 
That was a two-seam fastball down in the zone, I tell you that. But uh, <laughs> let me just say. Sean, Sean Burke what, says it was a slider yeah, in the dirt. Slider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> you had a little bit of movement on that one. Um, yeah. Look, I think I agree with what you say because the Bruins, there are teams that seemingly get the benefit of the doubt more often than not. And the Bruins for a long time have been that team. And it's, it might be because of that relationship that you've mentioned a, a couple times with, uh, with Jeremy Jacobs and Gary Bettman. But I think in this instance, in the Stanley Cup final, I, I see that Achari flails his arms, and that is something that they should have called as well. But I think that at the very least, that's a play that needs to be blown dead because I, I can see where Bruins fans are coming from, and it pains me to say that, but I think that this is a play that you have a collision that happens, and regardless of circumstances, regardless of who's involved, I think that's a play that needs to be blown dead. And I know that immediately Tyler Bozak kind of shrugged his arms and said, I really didn't do much of anything, and there's a little bit more embellishment coming from that side of things. And like you said, Achari tried to make the refs look foolish, and sometimes they catch you in that act. But, I mean, it, it's tough because it is the Stanley Cup final. And uh, like, like Bruce Cassidy said, you know, it, it might put a, a black mark on this series or it might, uh, you know, this is, if, if this goes the way of the St. Louis Blues heading back home in game six, or, uh, yeah, in game six, then, then this might be something that, that comes up a couple more times. And you might have to hear over the summer, a couple of Boston Bruins fans or maybe more than a couple saying that, that they got jobbed in game five, but uh, it's, it's a really, it's a tough place to say. And, and Bruce Cassidy has been, as you said, very complimentary of the officials when it's gone in their way, but now it's a little less understanding when they're on the opposite end of that. And this is a very fast game. It's not easy to get all the calls, right? Um, In my mind though, I think that's, that's one that maybe should have been blown dead, but I think that that's the benefit of hindsight and the fact that the Blues, David Perron, just went and scored after the after the fact. So, uh, yeah. But regardless, the Stanley Cup going to be in the building to, uh, tomorrow night in uh, in a game where the St. Louis Blues have an opportunity to uh, to close that series out. And and don't fear Bruins fans, all the Bruins fans that listen to the Canadians Connection. <laughs> don't fear Bruins fans. Uh, the league has come to the rescue with the makeup suspension. Yes, they have indeed with uh, Ivan uh, Barbashev uh, for his hit on, on Marcus Johansson. So that's a piece of the uh, St. Louis puzzle that brings a lot of energy to the game and uh, become a bit of a fan favorite. So that might be a little bit of a, of a difficult one for them, but uh, yeah, so there is a little bit of a of a makeup for the uh, Boston Bruins. Yeah, um, Doug Armstrong, GM Doug Armstrong said yeah. it was uh, excessive. Um, he didn't use it, the yeah. black mark. He didn't use the black no. mark comment, but he said excessive. Yeah. <laughs> so from the Stanley Cup, uh, Stanley Cup being in the building tomorrow night in St. Louis, there was the Kelly Cup that got hoisted in wow. uh, in my hometown of St. John's, Newfoundland, and this uh, there was a level of excitement in uh, St. John's after they closed it out in uh, in Game Six at Mile One Center that I've only in my lifetime that I've only seen equaled by Brad Guju winning the the Briar here in 2017. <laughs> that was the parade was yesterday 
they somewhat predictably ended up on George Street, as as you right. do in St. John's. <laughs> but <laughs> my goodness, uh, it was it was quite the, the 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 next 24 hours. That was all that you were hearing on the radio locally here in Newfoundland, and. You know, this was a long time coming, and if you would allow me, as you say, uh, get up on a soapbox, <laughs> you know, you go back to 1991. That was when pro hockey first came to, to Newfoundland. That was when the St. John's Maple Leafs came around, and I was at the very, like, I, you know, remember going to the last of the St. John's Maple Leafs games in 2005. They come back. The AHL returns in 2011 after a, a five-year or a six-year absence, excuse me, and it was the St. John's Ice Caps, then under the uh, Winnipeg Jets organization. And they get to the Calder Cup final. They come oh so close, but they don't get the bounces. They don't get that, that bounce that you need to, to really turn the tide in the series, and they lose in five games. And then, you know, they don't really equal that the next year or, or the years that, 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 I mean, in 2017, I was lucky enough to cover the St. John's Ice Caps for the AHL report. And it was game two against the Syracuse Crunch. They'd be, they won game one. Game two, they were inches away. Yannick Veya with a, with a shot that was just so close to crossing the goal line. And it just, it didn't go all the way over. And uh, call on the ice was a goal. It got overturned, and it just felt like that team after and after that game they ended up losing that one, going down to Syracuse, losing two more, and that was it for the best of five. It just felt that that was a team that deserved a little bit of a better fate, and that was the story in St. John's for so long with professional hockey. And then we we got the Growlers because you know obviously the Ice Caps leave, go to Laval. We get the Growlers, and and people aren't really sure what to think, you know, and. And this is a bit of a different situation. We've never had an ECHL team, uh, only AHL and briefly a Quebec Major Junior Hockey League team. We've never been in this league before. And then we get a captain in James Melindy, who grew up 10 minutes away from St. John's in a, in a community, a rural community called the Goulds, where I went to high school, fun fact. And then you have Adam Party, who some might remember from his time with the Winnipeg Jets Winnipeg, in yeah. the NHL. And he's the alternate captain, the first star in, in game six, the clinching game for the Kelly Cup. And and then you have in the broadcast booth, uh, someone that you know very well, Brian Rogers. And and I was very I was fortunate enough to meet him when I covered the Ice Caps in twenty seventeen. And and he along with Chris Ballard, who I have not had the pleasure of meeting, um, but regardless, they did a great job of capturing the the excitement in that building. And, you know, the next, the days that followed, I mean, and, and by the way, if you want to know more about Brian Rogers, there's an interview with Amy Johnson on the All Habs YouTube account. You can go seek that out and, and learn a little bit more about Brian Rogers. And, but regardless, this was just a, a sport, like in, in the history of Newfoundland sports, this is something that like, I don't think many people thought could ever could ever happen because you go back 20 odd years and the story whether it be 2014 against the texas stars or 2017 like i said when the goal that the, the puck just did not cross the blue that that goal line the story's always been that we just couldn't get the bounce or we couldn't you know they're just a, a different plan the hockey gods didn't work in our favor 
And this time around, in their first year, the inaugural season for the Newfoundland Growlers, they get the Kelly Cup. And it was just a great moment for the, for the city and the province. This is a great story. This is not not just because yeah. you're with us. You're in St. John's, and but but this is a great hockey story uh, for St. John's, a, a great hockey town. Uh, it's their first pro championship of 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 any kind in any sport, and and I liked um, I love the quote of Dean McDonald, the the owner of of the um, the Growlers, who said that. Um, uh, Newfoundland hasn't won a professional trophy since uh, uh, John Cabot discovered the province in, in 1497. Yeah. So it's been a very long drought. Love, love the quote. Um, but there's, there's so many great people attached to this. Uh, the, the way they put this together. I mean, there was after uh, the ice caps left, uh, there was questions about what, what would happen, what would happen in mile one? What a great building that is. Uh, and and the St. John's Edge, the basketball team came in and and yep. um, and 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 filled the void for a bit. But uh, then there was some some um, disputes about lease and all, and and everybody managed to come together. And some of the people that um, attached to the Growlers are that that we know quite personally. Glenn Stanford, uh, who was yeah. um, the president of the St. John's Ice Caps, and who was very good to. Um, uh, Amy and I met him and, and he was very good to us on the road when we were covering the ice caps. Uh, he w- he became the operations man with, uh, with the growlers. Uh, you mentioned Brian Rogers, a passionate broadcaster, one of those old time uh, broadcasters <laughs> and a very dear friend. Um, uh, Chris Ballard, who was formerly the, uh, he's from uh, Newfoundland, but, but uh, yeah. f- uh, with the Brampton beast. And we got to know, uh, Chris, when he was uh, broadcasting, when the Beast was an affiliate with the Canadians, um, I think of now uh, not a, not affiliated with the the Growlers, but Shannon Cody, the former trainer um, of the St. John's Ice Caps, and and a, a very good friend of mine, and and he he was excited about this this uh, this march, and and to, to for all this to come together in a year for them to be an expansion franchise yeah. Uh, for them to put together um, the growlers name with, with, with Gabe, the nine year old Newfoundland dog as their mascot. <laughs> um, the, the, the best, the best logo, the best Jersey, they won an award for that. Uh, it's, it's great. And, and listen, um, now we're we're a Canadians podcast, but let's give a lot of credit to the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Newfoundland Growlers yeah. are the ECHL affiliate of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Toronto had had a had a big way in in the way this team was put together. Toronto Maple Leafs selected the coach, and that was Ryan Klo, who who uh, a Newfoundlander, uh, native of St. John's, um, uh, was the initial head coach. Then then Ryan ran into some. Uh, health problems yeah. and and uh, John Snowden took over halfway through the the season, so they had some di- uh, adversity there to deal with. Um, but they in, the the least in, uh, lo- looked after the coaching staff. They installed a system. They supplied players, um, the local flavor. Zach O'Brien, the MVP of the the playoffs, a Newfoundland native, and yeah, uh, it just just it, there's so many feelings. And, you know, filling the the building more than six thousand people in mile one, and and the way that that 
that series ended four games to two against the Toledo Walleye, the, the affiliate of the, the Detroit Red Wings. And um, I, I'm just so excited for uh, the people of St. John's and the great organization that they put together uh, and just a, a magical fairy tale story for them to win a championship in, in their uh, inaugural year. Absolutely. And it was a good year. Uh, as you mentioned, the St. John's edge as well as they got swept in the, in the final of that league, but, Regardless, it was a great year for uh, for sports in this province. So, uh, look, hopefully for a, a repeat next year for the Newfoundland crowd. <laughs> um, so, I guess we'll move on to some Habs news that we just that's been coming up. And and now as we enter this period, where we're in we're into June, we're almost the halfway mark, which means the draft is coming up, which naturally means that uh, Trevor Timmons and his uh, his staff. Uh, the scouts are doing their due diligence at the combine and uh, some interesting questions that are being posed. (laughs) Well, it's, um, you know, the the, the Trevor Timmons um, it's important for uh, guys to think on their feet. It's important. Character is, is always really important. So um, the, the kinds of interview questions that they ask at the combine are, are sometimes um, a little bit off the wall. And, and um, yeah. I think we mentioned uh, uh, one of them last week, and it was about the 50-foot python being um, on the other side of the door, and uh, it hadn't eaten in so many months. And, and um, there was a, uh, there's a group of you. There's the, your teammates and, and who goes first and what do you do and, and all of that. Um, there was a question about um, uh, the, the, the Canadians aspect uh, prospects were asked about um, uh, a husband owning a Ferrari and the wife selling it. And then with the money, she bought a Honda civic and um, what would you do <laughs> kind of thing? <laughs> um, another kind of a thinking question, is it better be to be the best or better than everybody else? Um, just odd, odd questions. And, and these yeah. are the kind of questions to test the character of the prospects and learn a bit more about them that uh, Trevor Timmons and his team um, uh, asked at the NHL combine. Yes. You have to, uh, to assess what, uh, what you're getting yourself into when you're drafting uh, these players and, and certainly uh, not what they might've been expecting heading in, but a, a good test of, of character. And speaking of character, someone that has a lot of it is Nick Suzuki, a lot of uh, sportsmanship on the ice. And he accepted the, uh, the William Hanley trophy, as we mentioned a few weeks ago for the uh, most sportsmanlike player in the OHL. And uh, that was his third time winning it. And uh, he made an acceptance speech where he, uh, he kind of got on his teammate, Isaac Radcliffe, just a little bit and saying uh, he'd like to thank him because he took a lot of the penalties for him. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, what were your thoughts on uh, Nick Suzuki adding, I mean, I, I guess another trophy, even though we knew this one was coming, but adding another trophy to the, to his case? Well, he, he, he finished off a very memorable season. Um, he's, he'll have a, hard, a, a, a busy summer working, getting ready for training camp. I like the little quip um, uh, about uh, Radish. <laughs> Radish, of course, being a, a Philadelphia Flyers prospect, and the two of them had uh, – amazing chemistry uh, on their, uh, their run and push to the Memorial cup, which fell uh, just a little bit short. Yeah. Yep. And um, moving on 
someone uh, we we actually saw something on uh, on YouTube that was uh, quite funny. Victor Meta known for his speed, but he took that to a whole other level when he took a lap uh, <laughs> with an F1 driver, as you mentioned off the top with uh, with that being in town for Montreal, and uh, and that was quite something to see uh, out of his element just a little bit. Victor Meta looked terrified. He absolutely looked petrified uh, and, and kind of, uh, you know, after I said, gee, I didn't quite expect that, uh, (laughs) that, that he thought that uh, the driver was going to lose control in the, in the turns that he was surprised at the speed at which uh, the turns were negotiated. Uh, But uh, Victor Meta, uh, who's uh, hard at work and he says he's busy um, he's, he's putting some work into his shot, which we know, uh, could use some improvement, um, yeah. and, uh, working out in Southern Ontario, but is in Montreal for uh Grand Prix weekend this weekend. And a happy belated birthday to Victor Massa just turned 21 years old. Um, so, uh, there's that as well. <laughs> and, uh, some more Habs news or Habs related news. You have Auntie Niemi heading back home. Uh, to play with the uh, yogurt, and uh, I think that uh, perhaps a year a year late, but uh, but still, <laughs> nonetheless, a, a good time I think for the Montreal Canadiens to part ways with the uh, with the aging uh, netminder of uh, of Finland. Yeah, Niemi had a tough season. We all know that he had a really yeah. rough season, and and um, you know it was it was our opinion. Uh, that uh, that he shouldn't have been re-signed uh, last year, and it looked like that proved out uh, correct. On uh, on in favor of speaking in favor of Niemi, uh, there were some really good quotes from Carey Price saying yeah. that out of all of the uh, net mining partners he's had, uh, Niemi was the one uh, that uh, he respected most. Um, always had uh, good advice for him, and and. And I think Price respected the fact that that uh, Niemi was a Cup winner and and, uh, yes. and a champion, had that winning pedigree that always adds something to the locker room. So best of luck to him as he uh, continues on his hockey journey. Um, can, uh, speaking of a hockey journey, for Andre Markov, uh, there's been talk of, as we mentioned last week, of him maybe returning to the NHL. And Blaine Potvin of the Habs Unfiltered podcast uh, wrote an article about maybe potentially. If Mark Bergevin could mend that fence, could Andre Markov make an impact for the Montreal Canadiens uh, this at the age of 40? And uh, and that's certainly gotten some Habs fans talking. Well, um, uh, Blaine Potvin, uh, as as he does, uh, listens to the Canadiens Connection podcast. Um, and uh, hi, Blaine. Um, hope you're listening uh, today again. <laughs> Uh, he's uh, he's one of our, our more productive writers and, and as you said, uh, the host of the Habs Unfiltered podcast. And, and uh, Blaine, Blaine heard us talking about Andre Markov and and thought he would uh, pen an article and, and did so. Andre Markov, the report was out there that he had received uh, interest from three team, three NHL teams and one KHL team. So. Um, Blaine in his piece explored whether it would be suitable for uh, Andre Markov yeah. to come back, uh, whether he could add anything um, uh, on the left side. That's a, that's you know a problem area and, and uh, an area where the Canadians are weakest. Uh, could he add to the power play that's struggling? Uh, and would it be nice for him to um, 
yeah. reach his thousandth game, just as, as Thomas Pocanic, Pocanitz did um, with the Montreal Canadiens and, and uh, got quite a reaction <laughs> to his article yeah. on social media, both pro and, and con. Uh, seems people were very, very strong in their opinions. And, and uh, uh, you might want to go to allhabs.net and look for that uh, article and weigh in with uh, your opinion on Andre Markov. Um, what, would it, what, would you, what would you think about him returning uh, to the Montreal Canadiens? It's certainly worth a read. Uh, and, and yeah, that the human attachment part of it to reach the 1,000 games is a, is a strong argument and one that we saw used just last year to bring back Tomasz Pekanic. So maybe we can uh, get that for Andre Markov as well. Who knows? Um, so we do have uh, some some rocket signings that we that we uh, that were made just recently. The uh, Morgan Adams, Moisan, and and Joe Cox. And, and what did you make of those having having followed the Laval Rocket a little bit more closely than I? Well, um, um, Joe Cox was uh, on loan to uh, Laval for nine games uh, last season, had four points in those nine games. The rest of the time he spent with the Florida Everblades and was a bit of a, an, uh, one of the, the offensive leaders for the Everblades, uh, 61 points in 55 games. Um, and I guess with the, the, the Rocket um, lacking offense, there's some understanding, I guess, about why you might uh, uh, make an offer to him. The, the issue is adding all of these players and not having any ECHL team to uh, send them to um, should, uh, you know, should, should you need to. Morgan um, has Sixteen games with Laval, uh, forty-two with the Maine Mariners. Um, uh, I'll mention that he's a former Armada player, and and maybe that makes <laughs> sense uh, because Joel Bouchard has to surround himself with with all his former players from the Armada. Um, but uh, Morgan's Adams Moisan, I'll I'll just say this about him: Raphael Doucette, um, the um, uh, 91.9 radio broadcaster. Uh, he and I agreed with respect to a- Morgan's Adams Moisan. He and I agreed that I'm a better skater than Morgan Adams <laughs> Moisan is. So we'll just leave you with that. Speaking of, I suppose uh, we we mentioned last week the Montreal Canadiens are nearing the deadline to reach out to uh, Jared Tiska and, and Scott Walford. That deadline has since passed. It was uh, so uh, six six Eastern, I believe. It was on on Sunday. Um, so yeah, they, they will re-enter the draft pool. And, and I don't think that, that there was uh, much more to add to that. We kind of got our thoughts out in last uh, week's episode about that, but, uh, you have any, anything to add to that? In yeah, I just say that, that with Scott Walford, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit of a shame, um, to yeah. see him go. I, I thought he had some potential, particularly when you're signing people like Ryan Culkin, uh, at the Laval yeah. rocket level. Uh, so it's, it's, um, you know, last week we talked about it. We were just, uh, we were a few hours ahead of the, uh, deadline last week and, and, uh, but that deadline's passed. Those two players have uh, been lost. I, I guess, uh, to add to that, the next deadline to look forward to, uh, yeah. is with, uh, Nicholas Koberstein and, um, that deadline is, uh, he must be signed by August 15th of this year or else he'll be lost uh, just as, as uh, these other two players were. 
And just a piece of NHL news relating to contracts, and as we're going to discuss uh, potential unrestricted free agents in, uh, in just a moment, we do have an NHL player, an NHL star player, that signed a contract uh, with his team, and that was Jeff Skinner of the Buffalo Sabres signing an eight-year deal worth uh, $72 million, it'd be $9 million per. Um, so he will be off the books uh, come July 1st, and uh, that was maybe not somebody, this was a little bit anticipated, I think. Most people probably saw this coming. Uh, uh, they, they, they seemed to uh, work well together last year, so, uh, so Jeff Skinner not uh, going to be available come July 1st. Yeah, Skinner, one of the big names on the on the board. Um, but um, as you said, I, I think this one was expected and uh, yeah. uh, uh, fits nicely into uh, the Sabres uh, rebuilding plan. Yeah, so we're going to take uh, just a quick break here on the Canadian Connection podcast. But still to come, we're going to tackle the question of the week. Let us know your response to should the Habs go all in to sign a top UFA like Carlson or Duchesne this summer? If yes, who? If no, why not? So you can leave your response or your comments at All Habs on Twitter or on the All Habs, All Habs fan page on Facebook. So as I said, we're going to be discussing in the next segment this idea of potentially going after a guy like Eric Carlson or Matthew Shane by a free agency. So stay with us, and we'll be right back discussing that. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas, sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. And I'm joined uh, by Rick Stevens, of course, who you can follow at All Habs on Twitter. 
You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and uh, and visit our website at uh, CanadiansConnection.com. And as Rick mentioned, there are some numbers you can reach us with if you would like to do so. Call the studio if you wish. We're at 213-943-3754. Or if you're listening on demand, you can text us anytime, 24 hours a day, at the Rocket Sports text line. That is 5853-ROCKET. So, as I said, there was a little bit of a, of a story that came out on Tuesday. It was uh, from uh, Don Brennan at the Ottawa Sun that, that said something that caught the attention of Montreal Canadiens fans. And this kind of this certainly got a lot of play, whether it be you know with the mainstream media, um, but it was that Eric Carlson, according to a a well-connected source, is hoping to receive a legitimate offer from the Ottawa Senators, of with with whom he played nine seasons, kind of checks out, makes sense, and the Montreal Canadiens, and this stems from a desire to be closer to his wife's hometown, and. You know, I think that this is something that has divided Habs fans because, and and we had a discussion about this, and there are some concerns that come with Eric Carlson. He missed 29 games last year. So he is coming off. He just had groin surgery, expected to recover in time for training camp, but he's also had a laundry list of other injuries that would raise some red flags. And... Even still, this has been something where you've had people that are 100% on board, 100% no, we cannot sign that guy to a long-term contract. And personally, when I look at this, if what we and and this is an important part of this of all of this because it is after all early in June, and things can change. And at this point in time in the year. Regardless of who the source is, the most reputable of sources, there are things that change. There are different variables. Things happen. So this is not a whole lot of to go off of. But if we are going to take this and say that this is something that Eric Carlson has high on his priority list, it gives the Montreal Canadiens a distinct advantage in signing him. Because the Ottawa Senators, I think it's highly unlikely that they would go back on their word and, and just offer him a contract and bring him back. It just doesn't seem like that's in their plans. It doesn't seem like they even want to do that. So if the Montreal Canadiens have an opportunity here to go and get Eric Carlson, I think that they owe it to themselves to do whatever it takes to get that done. And I know that he missed 29 games, but he still had 45 points in 53 games played. And 20 of those points were power play points, and we've talked at length about how bad the power play was. So his 20 points, even with 29 missed games, was still four more points than Jonathan Drouin, who led the Habs in power play points last season, and as we've talked about, was given every opportunity to get more than that. So I think that this is something that the Montreal Canadiens have got to really consider, and with that, there comes both sides of the coin. This is a dangerous game to play because of his injury history, but at the same time, and I know that one of your concerns, or one of the chief among them, is the fact that Shea Weber is also coming off a year where he missed 24 games. So that's 53 missed games on the right side of the defense. So that would be you know, a little bit of a dangerous uh, game to play. 
But at the same time, I think that there'd be a little bit of a, and this might be a rose-colored glasses way of looking at it, but, you know, Shea Weber's a guy that, is, that thrives in a physical environment. Eric Carlson, not really that guy. So having both of them, I think, would actually serve the other better in their, you know, over the course of the season because you could have Shea Weber and play him in the Western Conference games or a game against the Bruins with a lot of physicality. And then the next night, if you're playing Pittsburgh or Toronto, you can throw Eric Carlson out there for 30 minutes and he can give Shea Weber a bit of a rest. Who And as the season went on with Shea Weber last year, it just kind of looked like that was kind of getting to him. The fact that he would have to play 30 minutes against every single team that he played. And, you know, I think that people are going to throw out Matt Duchesne. If I'm honest, I'm not as intrigued by Matt Duchesne as I am Eric Carlson, because regardless, if Eric Carlson doesn't get back to that, and no one should expect him to get back to the 2015-16 uh, season when he had 82 points, I think that that might be a thing of the past. But you're looking at a guy who's put 60-plus points in six of his 10 seasons. I think that this is a guy that you have to consider giving a contract to regardless of his injury history. I think you look at this as an opportunity to really raise the bar of this team. And, and Eric Engels, who I, I, I haven't agreed to, uh, at some point over the course of last season with what Eric Engels had to say, but he wrote an article that said more or less that this is a, you land this superstar and adjust elsewhere. And I think I agree with that. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, Engels was on board. Also, um, uh, Brandon Kelly was on board with <laughs> throwing everything at Eric Carlson. Another offensive so, defenseman? Yes, please. <laughs> um, so, for me, um, I, I guess, call it cynical, call it, uh, you know, things repeat themselves, learning from experience. Yeah. Um, when I heard this story, I, I didn't necessarily take it so seriously. And uh, who's leaking the fact that Eric Carlson has some interest in Montreal? And are there, there other reasons why you might mention uh, the names uh, Ottawa yeah. and um, Montreal? Well, I think there are. Um, you know, there are. There are some big concerns, legitimate concerns out there about the health of uh, Eric Carlson. And, and um, you know, we, we, he did not look like uh, he, he played, you, you mentioned 50 some odd games and, and into the playoffs and, and the games he played, he was um, half the player that he, that he, that he, is. I, I don't know. We, we kept seeing those, those um, uh clips of him getting uh, uh, beat. Uh, uh, he didn't, he had, he had no legs, uh, groin injury. And, and, and it's not only this, this groin injury, but, but a history of injuries. Yeah. Um, he, he had surgery this week and, and uh, the hope is that he'll be ready for training camp and, and um, that, that all of his, his injury concerns are, are uh, over, but there are some concerns and there are some legitimate reasons why he may not get the the kind of money that he's expecting that double digit uh, seven or eight year contract, um, uh, and and you can understand why you'd want to put out a narrative that there's there is some interest. The emotional connection yeah. talked about with his wife with Ottawa, 
Montreal Canadiens, just toss them in anywhere, and you know, just just toss a piece of red meat in the the Bell Center press box, and you're going to get a lot of action out of that. And it and it kind yeah. of brought me back, brought me back, brought me back. Uh, we we remember um, the Canadians uh, against the Rangers and and uh, in the playoffs. Uh, the Chris Kreider uh, slide into Carey Price, putting him out. Uh, and that whole playoff was blamed on Carey Price not being there to carry the team. Um, but uh, I remember, um, you know, if Carey Price is a franchise player, there was uh, an equal number of players, uh, fans saying that, that P.K. Subban was the franchise player. But Subban didn't have a very good playoff. And especially once Carey Price uh, went down, there was no PK Subban to step up and put the team on his shoulders as Carey Price had done many, many times. And it was pretty evident. Um, And there was a lot of talk about that. And we remember that PK Subban was going into um, a, a, a contract negotiation. And I remember that, that into that negotiation, uh, Bob McKenzie tweeted that um, the Montreal Canadiens liked P.K. Subban, but they didn't love P.K. Subban. And in order to offer him the kind of money that he wanted, they they were going to have to love him. Um, and we remember that 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 those negotiations turned out to be quite contentious. But that whole summer, I, I wrote an article about it at the time um, that that summer of 2014 that every time you, you, you turned on your TV, there was P.K. Subban. Every time you looked on the website, there was P.K. Subban. Uh, and it wasn't in hockey situations. Um, it was hobnobbing with, with Hollywood celebrities. It was um, the Just for Last Festival. There was the <laughs> RBC Canadian Open. There was um, a, a cover of the Canada Day issue for McLean's. Um, There was all kinds of red carpet issues. There was um, Magic Johnson in Monaco. There was, I mean, he was with tennis players. He was with Johnny Manziel. He was with, he was showing up everywhere. And the Canadian fans were like, oh my God, I love P.K. Subban. Look at how everybody else loves him too. And all it was was his agent, the Newport Sports Agency, creating this love affair uh, and this hype, creating this celebrity um, and this, 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 this uh, to, to influence those contract negotiations, Don Meehan and Newport Sports. Yeah. And just, just guess who is also <laughs> the agent for Eric Carlson. Just guess. Donnie Mead. Yeah. <laughs> so why wouldn't he create this hype about Montreal? Um, I I don't I don't see I don't see Eric, any way that Eric Carlson goes back to to Ottawa. No. Um, is there an outside chance he comes to Montreal? Maybe. But yeah. is he a good fit for Montreal? Um his injury issues and, and yes, uh, piled that up on the right side with, with, uh, Shea Weber, who, who also has injury issues. 
Um, yeah. Add the fact that, that the Canadians don't need a right-handed defenseman. They have a, <laughs> a really desperate need for a, a left-handed defenseman. Uh, but but you're going to add a, a, a right-handed defenseman to the mix. Um, I, I think Canadians fans are are just ready to embrace this because we've seen in the past that we know that Montreal is no longer a, a destination for yeah. for top free agents. Tavares said he wouldn't even meet with the Canadians. Uh, Stasny said he wouldn't take a phone call. Uh, and this this uh, this kind of says yeah uh but but eric wants to come to montreal so yeah we are, we're going to embrace him um there's there's just that emotional tie yeah. um add to the fact that that you know if he's looking for double digit money over a seven-year contract from montreal it means that the canadians can't do some of the things that they'll they need to do it also means contrary to the notion out there that that the Canadians have tons of cap room in order to bring on Eric Carlson, they'd have to get rid of a Andrew Shaw sized contract in order to, yeah. to because there's other people to sign. There's Leckman to sign. There's Ar- army and to sign. Um, so they need to, to free up some money. You know, maybe it's Petrie that goes, maybe it's, yeah, it, it's, it's Shaw. I, that's okay. But you know, when you see just, Foolish, foolish things being said, um, <laughs> and and you know uh, the fans can say what they want to say, but you have a, a moron like Mo Khan on TSN six nine, and 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 with all due respect, Mo Mo doesn't have a clue about hockey. Yes, he knows NFL odds and all that kind of stuff, but he says if someone wanted to give you a Ferrari four fifty eight without any strings attached. You have to think about it, Montreal. Canadians fans, you don't deserve Eric Carlson. Now, what kind of tweet is that? There's all kinds yeah. of strings attached to signing. And, and of course, you want to give some consideration. Yes, is an opportunity to sign a, a superstar doesn't present itself that often. But you really need to go through and, and you know, try and figure out, does this fit into the yeah. plan? What other moves are going to be necessary? Um you know, there's there's consequences to every move, particularly to a, a rather significant move like this. For yeah. me, I'm not so much arguing against Eric Carlson. I'm just saying it seems like Canadians and Canadians fans are being used again uh, <laughs> to create hype over a free agent who who maybe needs a little free uh, a little hype. Uh, and that's all. That's all done with purpose by um, Newport sports. And yeah, the, the notion that there are no strings attached in this, I mean, there's a fairly uh, significant string attached and that would be the half an ankle bone that he had removed in 2017. Like there is concern. This is not, you know, people are treating this as if it's a, a multiple choice question. Yes or no. When this is very much a long answer, show your work question, because this has got some significant, this would have significant consequences if it goes the way of Eric Carlson, you know, maybe going down a path of, of, of no return and, and he isn't quite what he was. And he's, he's half the player, as you said, then the Montreal Canadiens would have a, an unmovable contract on their hands. If we are to believe what is being said. And as you say, at this point in, in time in the year, there's stuff that gets thrown out there and, and you know, less than half of it sticks. Like this is, very early on in the process. So we'll have to see 
how all that plays out. Um, but we do have the question of the week. I guess we've had our say on on all of this and, and the potential of getting an Eric Carlson or maybe even a Matt Duchesne. And uh, we did have the question of the week, which we are going to get to in the third segment, which is uh, should the Habs go all in to sign a top UFA like Carlson or Duchesne this summer? If yes, who? If no, why not? And uh, we might have just listed a couple of the reasons why not. So <laughs> we'll see what you have, what, what, our, what the lovely listeners have to say about, uh, about this situation. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take that quick break. It'll be the final one. And uh, we're going to get back with the question of the week. So stay with us. You're listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHab when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHab.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Here on the uh, Canadians Connection podcast, episode 38 of the Canadians Connection podcast, the On Bullish edition, as I mentioned, off the top. And uh, this is on Rocket Sports Radio. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And uh, yeah, so as we said, going to break, we do have uh, the question of the week, which we've gotten some replies to on Twitter and Facebook. But Rick, once again, if anyone would like to reach us in the last segment of the show, where can they do so? Text us. Text us anytime if you're listening. Um, our Rocket Sports text line is 
Three Rocket. And uh, we asked the question um, about a uh, 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 top uh, unrestricted free agent like Eric Carlson or Matt Deshane because, as you said, there was there was the report out that um, Eric Carlson, it was leaked, that, that he might be interested in the Montreal Canadiens. And uh, Matt Deshane is thrown into the mix because uh, in Elliot Friedman's 31 Thoughts, uh, he mentions that Duchesne, um, as we've is kind of common knowledge, I guess, that he he has an interest in going to play for the Predators. Uh, but yeah. um, but uh, Elliot Friedman said uh, his second choice would be would be Montreal as well. So we're asking you um, about Eric Carlson or Matt Duchesne. Maybe you have another name. Um, my my uh, uh, preferred unrestricted free agent would have been Brock Nelson, but uh, he re-upped with uh, the New York Islanders. He's off the list. Jeff Skinner's now off the list. Uh, maybe you would rather see an Artemi Panarin um, or uh, a, 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 a Jake Gardner uh, yeah. signed. Uh, and if uh, if that's your preference, well, text us five eight five three Rocket or or um, on uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and I think we we're we're gonna let you know what people are thinking uh, yeah. already and the feedback we've received. Yeah. So once again, the question of the week: Should the Habs go all in to sign a top UFA like Carlson or Duchesne this summer? If yes, who? If no, why not? And just on Twitter, we've uh, we've seen that there's been quite the reply to this question. I mean, it's certainly a, a it's certainly a, a sensational. It's a great idea. It's, it's got the cap, it captured the minds of Habs fans. You get two names like this, two prominent UFAs, the biggest on the list potentially, and uh, it's it's definitely going to get Habs fans talking. And uh, and Blaine Potvin, who we mentioned, wrote the uh, uh, the article on Andre Markov. He chimes in saying, absolutely should try to add Duchesne, a nearly point per game center with good faceoff numbers, would transform the offense and the power play. Carlson is a great defenseman but the Habs are already set on the right side in the midterm. Uh, You have Samuel Gerber saying this is the time we have to go all in, so why not? Bergevin will need to move some cap space to make it work. Shaw makes the most sense, and of course, Aldner will need to be moved if both are possible. If Habs get get Carlson for 9.5 or less, it should make uh, Duchesne more interested in the Habs, or it might be misreading that. Um, Regardless, anyways... (laughs) And um, you have uh, you have uh, MIT Mark in Taiwan saying slight overpay and Dennis would go with Carlson for new dimension he could bring to the Habs defense unique on ice vision offense and power play yes he has had his injuries that could be slowing him a bit but he could produce at near point per game like he did with San Jose for a D man it's unique. Uh, no Dali nor Makar here. So you have uh, certainly a, a lot of responses that are that are saying that they would like to see them go get Matt Duchesne like Blaine. And then you have Mark, Mark Olivier Rue saying, Carlson for me is the one that I would give a call. After that, it's Panarin. Uh, Duchesne is third on my list. So you've gotten a, a, a wide array of responses here. But for the most part, I think that it is uh, looking as though people want to uh, want to see Matt Duchesne get a number one centerman, which has always been the need. <laughs> What's Facebook saying? 
on Facebook. And if you want to join the conversation on Facebook, just uh, type in All Habs, all one word, All Habs, uh, and uh, search for that on on uh, Facebook. You'll find our uh, fan page. Um, we have top fans. They, uh, Facebook has de- designated uh, some top fans, those that uh, respond uh, most often and uh, to us and get the, the most attention. Uh, one of our top fans, Art Pollard, um, he says, Nope, injury prone and his better days are gone. Uh, Mike Manahan says, I think DeShane is the biggest need to move all of our centers back a notch and give them an extra year to mature. Left-handed D-man is an absolute necessity. Uh, Randy Ewell says, we all know Bergevin by now. He's way too stubborn. He won't sign either player mentioned, but he'll go all in on a player like Olsner. Watch and see. No big player will be signed in Montreal. Uh, Nicholas uh, Chacon says, uh, we have enough right defense already. We don't have five years with Price and Weber at their peak. Uh, Sure, we have offense in the future, but we need goals now. DeShane would make more sense, sense, (laughs) no pun intended, to bring us more points. (laughs) Um, Um. Patrick Coldify says, uh, even though there are some nice pieces in Montreal, they are not superstar material. Carlson and Duchesne are. Any chance of getting one or two should be jumped at. Yeah. So it looks as though people are are, uh, chomping at the bit to get some superstar talent in Montreal. Others a little bit apprehensive, and, and there should be a little bit, especially with Eric Carlson, as we highlighted some of his injury concerns. Uh, but uh, yes, keep coming coming in with with your responses to the question of the week, and then we'll we'll see what ultimately uh, looks to be the uh, the decision amongst Habs fans, whether it's yes or no. And uh, we've gotten a lot of responses, so we look forward to getting some more. Um, so Rick, I guess we'll sign off for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. And just before we do that, I mean, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. And uh, this podcast has a Twitter account, as I said. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, so, Rick, there's some great content, like we said, coming out of allhabs.net. You have, like, Blaine's article with the uh, Andre Markoff. And, and, and we're gearing up towards the NHL entry draft with some great content that Blaine is uh, he's also written, uh, written some about potential prospects the Habs could be picking. So it doesn't stop here at allhabs.net. Uh, Blaine and uh, Matt Smith have both been writing draft yeah. po- profiles, the draft uh, in a couple of weeks. I'll just remind everybody that we'll be at the draft um, in two weeks uh, in Vancouver, the, the rocket sports team, as well as, as uh, uh, those that entered our, our contest and uh, are, are coming with us. We have some uh, reserve seats for um uh, the draft, uh, courtesy of the NHL, and, and we're excited. We'll, um, Joe and I will be there on the draft floor two weeks uh, from now. But next week, a uh, bit of a draft preview, and so you'll want to join um, uh, us uh, then. Um, if you're looking for us, um, go to allhabs.net, or um, go. We have, we have all kinds of podcasts. We have uh, From the Press Box, we have Hab a Listen, we have Habs Unfiltered, and of course your favorite, the Canadians Connection. Um, <laughs> and uh, no, it's, they're all equally good. They're all fantastic. Um, 
but um, uh, also you can you can find us on your favorite prod- podcast app uh, just by looking uh, for Rocket Sports Radio. Yeah, and can, uh, and I'll just say I'll just say in yep. in closing out, um, I'm really happy for the city of St. John's and the Kelly Cup Championship. And and uh, if you're out there, uh, Joe, enjoy yourself on uh, George uh, Street this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's certainly going to be a wild environment. It always is on George Street, so now it's just going to be amplified. So uh, we'll have to see how uh, how that goes, and uh, and hopefully everyone enjoys responsibly. Uh, as you said, you can uh, listen to every episode on your favorite podcasting platforms: iTunes, Overcast, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. And uh, yes, yeah, search for Rocket Sports Radio. Hit that subscribe button. You get this podcast, as you mentioned, from the press box with you and Amy Johnson. Have a listen. And then Habs Unfiltered uh, with uh, Blaine and Matt as well. So they, uh, there are some great podcasts here at uh, Rocket Sports Radio. So uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You get all four of them. And, uh, yeah, so we'll be back next week. As Rick said, we're going to be discussing the NHL entry draft as we draw closer to, uh, to that event in Vancouver. And that's going to be a great time. So we'll be discussing that next week. But as for right now, we'll say so long. And thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection. We'll be back at 1 p.m. Eastern time next week. That is 2.30 Newfoundland time. We'll talk to you then. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.